The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoopball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is Sunday, November 10th, and we will be looking at the NBA slate slate for Monday, November 11th, Veterans Day, a cool six-game slate. And I am Joe Sarfati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by one of, if not the biggest sharks in the DFS NBA world, Mr. Michael Apatria. How are you tonight, Michael? I, I mean, I was Jones and licking my chops to do this podcast, Coach. You know why? Why is that, sir? It's uh, it's one one gloating reason I've been waiting to get out for Uh-oh. a couple of days. Yeah, somebody took a goose egg in that chicken soup challenge, I believe, didn't they? Uh, as in who? Who was who the goose egg? You played You had Brandon Clark on the night that he had to rest or sit out. And I had Darren Jackson Jr. That is true. Only one day after my goose egg. So I was been waiting for this little gloating moment, and I believe now it's tied up. So I got out of the way early. Uh, And we're going to be figuring out this next one tonight that will give one of us a lead. So looking forward to it. Well, I I definitely. created that scenario myself by stating that I would not take a goose egg the entire season and 24 hours later I take a sit out goose egg of rest size that was very painful I actually forgot about it that's how bad of a <laughs> just you know because it's it you know we do these shows obviously you know we we always let everybody and we do these the night before the game so that information had come out pretty early the next day and I knew he was scratched and I, and I just like was over him. You know, I didn't even think about it. And I thought now that, you know, now that you bring it up, I do. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it I won't be here. It's like okay, man. We're tied again. Nobody can pull away here. This is going to be a back and forth battle throughout the year. No doubt about it. All right. Well, I'm hoping my run starts tonight, but uh, we have six games. So we have plenty of players to talk about. We'll probably find somebody in this chicken suit challenge. But I want to hear about these phenomenal sponsors, Coach. Yes. Well, our presenting sponsor, as you know, is Fantasy Draft. They are the only rake-free fantasy site in the industry. They have some terrific games every day. Uh, NBA uh, $25 contest, it's $30,000 pick and roll. And their $5 daily is a $7,500 contest called the Layup. And then, of course, weekly we have our coaches challenge, which is only two bucks, six entry max, and you get some fantasy draft swag and a bunch of bragging rights. And I'll tell you what, in that coaches challenge, Andrew is just beating the life out of you and I. That's all I know. Yeah. We have got it. We can't beat him. Yeah, he's been crushing it. Uh, you know, and that's why I'm glad he's part of our team. He's, he's I, we said it from the start. Follow him on Twitter. Kids knowledgeable. Uh, he knows his stuff, and I'm going to continue, you know, doing my best in these contests. Uh, my biggest my biggest fault is never knowing whether it's multi or single entry. 
I generally go in there thinking it's the complete opposite. So I'm going to try to – I'm taking this one down. I want some of that swag, Coach. I'm all about that free swag. I think it's also he's getting the advantage by having Hawaiian Islas Kona Coffee now too. Um, before that was the, the secret blend of my cup that kind of just sparks my DFS you know, knowledge bright and early, and now I got it in my enemy's cups too. So I got to worry about that. Yeah, he was bragging about it uh, on the show last night, how, how much he's enjoying his – Hawaiian Isles blend, so that is beautiful. But uh, but yeah, hope you know that we're looking forward to that coach's challenge again uh, this week. Uh, and again, if you haven't signed up yet, go to fantasydraft.com and sign up with the promo code Hoopball. Get that seven days uh, free entry up to a thousand dollars in games, and you know get in the coach's challenge this week. It, we we ran two of them last week, and I'll check with Fantasy Draft tomorrow and see if we're going to do that again or we're just going to run our regular Wednesday contest. But I will find out tomorrow and make sure to post it uh, on Twitter and then mention it on the show uh, tomorrow night when I'm solo. So um, also our additional sponsors that we love and are responsible for us being able to bring this free content forward is manscaped.com. 20% off when you put the promo code hoopball and free delivery. Also, for all your betting needs, hopefully the NFL folks uh, cleaned up today, uh, is mybookie.ag, promo code today. Get a 100% match play on your money. And the aforementioned Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, hoop-ball.com's original sponsor, and we love them and we love their coffee. All right, let's dive into this slate and not even mess around tonight. It's uh, a six-game cool slate, and I'm, uh, I'm sort of. It, this first game is bittersweet for me. I, I've made so much money riding on the big gigantic shoulders of Andre Drummond this season, and Blake Griffin is definitely back tomorrow. And from what I read today, he doesn't have not have a stiff minutes restriction. Now they're not going to roll him out there and play him 38 minutes. But they're also not going to roll him out and play him 15. He's going to he's going to get some run, which could be the end of the party for me with Andre Drummond. So let's get your take on this. It's the 7 p.m. Eastern game. It, it's the first game of the night, and it's the T-Wolves at the Pistons. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, definitely have to take into consideration that Blake Griffin's going to be back. It's going to not only just take up some of the minutes in the front court, but a lot of the usage on the team overall. Um, you know, Drummond, is his price is kind of being inflicted across the industry, not on all sites, but we could tell that he took a little bit of a bump down due to Blake, you know, being probable for this game. So I still think he's viable in GPPs just for a lot of people jumping off of the ownership. Obviously, a lot of that... Uh, you know, fantasy goodness we were looking to get is is kind of, you know, disappearing. It's still going to be a fantastic. He still has opportunity to get 15 to 20 rebound games. They're just not going to come as often now, probably, with Blake Griffin right next to him. So I still think in GPPs, I'm willing to take a shot on him here and there. Um, I'm, if, I know you're a cash game guy, uh, coach, so right. I'm anticipating, you know, you're just not feeling as comfortable as you were in the past. So that's kind of, you know, a good signal yeah. where you just want to go elsewhere. And I don't blame you for that. Um, yeah. And he'd probably be my only, you know, real option I'm looking at. Uh, you know, Kennard has been lighting it up, but he's going to be getting a tough defensive matchup on the other side of the ball. Um, Timberwolves are pretty good at defending wings, and it's no surprise that uh, Rocco, um, you know, defending the three-point line, he's just one of the league's best. So 
Um, I'm probably going to just stay, steer clear of the rest of the team, take Andre Drummond and a few GPPs, and you know, even on the other side of the ball. Uh, Teague is looking like he's questionable for this game. He's basically been missing the past few games for an illness. So yeah. um, you know, he's a guy that when he does come back, he can instantly start uh, seeing some decent minutes. It's not like he's really going to be limited uh, due to a knee injury or anything like that. We should have an idea going in. Um, if there is going to be some sort of restriction, but there's not one that I'd really be counting on. So I actually think that we could take a shot on him. And I mentioned it yesterday in one of my articles um, that if he played, I'd be looking forward to playing him. This isn't the best matchup I'd want to be targeting him in. But I think that he's going to go low-owned, he's going to get overlooked, and he's pretty good and affordable um, for what his workload will be once he comes back. That's a good point. And, yes, you know, being a cash game player – uh, you know, and and also, as I foreshadowed talking about this game, I am going to abandon my, my main man, Mr. Drummond here, just because just of Griffin running alongside him for 25 minutes or whatever Griffin ends up getting. I just think that, uh, you know, I just think that takes that extra edge away that was, was really scoring the DFS points for, for Drummond. Also, I think Cat's a, a little bit of a rough matchup for Drummond. Yes, Drummond can, you know, smash Cat in the paint, but Cat uh, is is going to be out there, you know, nailing threes and spreading the floor and drawing Andre out a little bit. So, uh, you know, they may even switch Griffin on him a little bit. I, I don't know. Uh, it's possible, though, you know, especially when Drummond's out of the game. But, uh yeah, I'm, you know, I'm looking actually more at Cat in this game, and I haven't been on Cat all year, but I just like the matchup against Detroit. I think that he can get a lot of finesse baskets and hit some threes and, you know, maybe even get Drummond in foul trouble. So uh, my spend-up guy is going to not only not be Drummond, but the guy going against Drummond. So what a what a uh, full circle uh sort of sad game for me to, to go that route, but it looks like that's what I'm going to do. Um, I did look to Rose is questionable, but it, it sounds like he might be ready to come back. Did you hear anything else on Derek Rose? I haven't um, heard any or seen anything yet. So I'm kind of just monitoring that same news. And to be honest, it's not something I'm, uh, you know, his first game back after missing several, I doubt he'd be getting a huge role. Um, of minutes or anything like that anyway they'll probably ease him back in and he comes off the bench anyway so I it's not something I'd be generally targeting um, especially with his injury history is his first game back from an injury but uh, it might put a hamper in like the Bruce Brown and some of the other wings that you know we've kind of been seeing some decent value from yeah and you know what that's going to be one where we got to watch the news because for me if Rose is still out and Frazier's still out I'm I'm going to play Brown I like Brown against this matchup uh, like you said, Teague's been out like two, three games in a row with uh, an illness of some sort. So, you know, I can't imagine he's if he is back tomorrow that he's going to uh, be 100 percent. So, uh, you know, Brown's done a good job. Uh, I think, you know, with Minnesota being such a fast paced team, it's a, a pace up game for Detroit. So, uh, you know, I really like uh, uh, Brown in this spot and uh you know, I'm going to read more also the news tomorrow, and you're going to be shocked at this. But if if they say that, that Griffin could get 25, 30 minutes in that neighborhood, I may take a real contrarian stab at him just coming back 
and, and smash in value. So just something, you know, it's a little bit of an odd take. I don't think he's going to get much ownership. But uh, but this game intrigues me. So I'm, I'm going brown. I'm going cat. And uh, I may mess around a little bit with Griffin if, if the news looks better. Uh, but, you know, again, we need to see if Rose is going to return. So I like that game a lot. I know we spent a lot of time on that first game. But I think it's got a lot of intrigue to it. Uh, you know, I think Wiggins is also in play and based, you know, depending on a couple of other pieces of news on some of these other games, Wiggins may come into play here as well. I, I think this game could get up and down and, and, uh, put a, a decent amount of DFS points on the board. So, uh, you know, I'm, you may see three or four players out of my eight, eight-man core uh, built right out of this first game, right out of the shoot. So I can take a screenshot and send it to you, Mike, and be in first place for 10 minutes. So, <laughs> Well, that'd be, that's always nice when you're seeing yourself up at the top of uh, the standings right away. But yeah, I, I, it's yeah. always it's always like a little sense of you know fear in your back of your head where you're like, well, this isn't good because uh, yeah. that means they got less guys than a lot of other people later. But um, I, I mean, I, I do think Cats are a good spot. The one thing I wanted to bring up also is they're on the second half of a back-to-back um, yeah. tomorrow, and they played in an overtime game where they lost by uh, two to a Nikola Jokic buzzer-beating shot. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this team did play hard. I mean, the minutes were kind of spread across. Nobody really played too, too much. Um, but it's something worth monitoring. That's kind of why I'm thinking maybe Teague set out the first half just to play the second half of it. Um, to me, that would make a little bit more sense. So I'm really just kind of keep my eye on, like I said, Teague. Um, don't mind Towns. Uh, there's not a lot of centers we really have to choose from on this slate either. So, Well, it's you know, you're going to think I'm crazy, but it goes to show you, I guess this is a nice thing to say. I am somewhat prepared on some of these games, no doubt about it. But the, the website that I had given you uh, – Earlier, it's called uh, statmuse.com. It, they show the travel stuff. And, uh, you know, when people are going East Coast, West Coast, when they're traveling. Well, they played Denver earlier today. And right after the game, they, they didn't even shower. They grabbed their stuff, got on a plane, flew into Detroit. So they're there. They got a full night's rest tonight. And then they'll play tomorrow. So it's not like one of those get in 1 a.m., your, your sleep's all screwed up, your shoot-arounds all screwed up. So I know, you know, I'm, I look for every edge possible, and when I was looking at possibly stacking this game, especially with some Minnesota guys, uh, you know, I did I hit the StatMuse uh, website and take a look at that, and, and they should, they are probably right now, you know, tidy in their beds uh, maybe watching some late night basketball and getting some rest so we'll see how it goes man yeah definitely i mean it's a good spot for for both guys on paper um it's just at the end of the day are we going to be able to get up there for those expensive guys like drummond and cat and i think with some of the other options on our slate we're gonna have to really think about it coach uh, i don't think it's just yeah. locking drummond like you said uh you know that it was so you so easy to do all season just yeah. to click his name and throw him right in there I'm, i know i'm gonna miss that tremendously all right let's move on to game two uh it's in pretty intriguing game dallas mavericks at boston celtics it's a 7 30 eastern game and obviously the celtics are dealing with this horrible news of of hayward breaking his hand which really sucks uh he's such a a good guy and, and playing well that that's really a bummer but uh how do you see this game shaping up 
Well, I mean, obviously we have to address the whole Hayward situation and, you know, kind of analyze it and, you know, just decide and figure out who's going to be getting the minutes and who's going to be getting the usage with him off the floor. And the obvious uh, scenario would be, you know, Jalen Brown kind of shifting over to the three and then Marcus Smart playing the two. Um, And that seems to be, you know, the the data backs it up as well. They're the two guys that play the most minutes when Hayward's off the floor. Um, And then you see uh, Tatum actually has the biggest usage bump, though. So there's, you know, there's a few guys I think I'm going to be looking at. I think I'm just going to be taking advantage mostly of the Smart and Jalen Brown thing. Um, Kemba Walker, I, I think he's always going to be an option just with his upside, but I don't know if this is one that I really want to target him in. I think there's a mm-hmm. few other point guards later on in the night that we're going to get to where I think he's going to, you know, put most of my ownership into. So for me, just really Jalen Brown um, and Marcus Smart. No, no, Luke at, uh, tomorrow. Oh no, I mean on the Celtics side, I'm going to get to the the Mavericks side. I try to split it up, Coach. I don't think people just want to hear me go one team to another and just continuously talk and bounce around because then things get a little confusing. So I try to I try to you know talk one team and bounce it to you, and then I just clean up at the end with whatever I. Most of the times we're we're on the same page with a lot of these guys. So if after yeah. I after I hear your uh, what you have to say about the Mavericks, if I'm not agreeing on anything, I'll just chime in real fast, and we usually move right on. Very good. You would think this is our first podcast again. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, the the usage of Hayward, you know, has been super high the last uh, couple of games, especially, uh, and it it's continued to dial that way. I have a feeling, though. I mean, everybody's going to be racing to Tatum and and Brown. I think it falls back to Kemba. I think Kemba is going to see a lift, and and I know the stats are. It's somewhat of a small sample size, so it's really hard to tell. And I know a little, you know, right now it's showing Tatum getting the biggest jump, but I think it's going to be Kemba. And and I just think that uh, it's a home game. Uh, you know, we have the Mavs haven't been starting Brunson; they've been starting uh, Curry. And I just don't think Luca or Curry on Kemba starting out is a good matchup unless Carlisle changes it and, and puts like a Brunson in or right in there or somebody like that to defend him. But, you know, I'm just, I'm not anticipating that off the bat. So I'm, I'm targeting Kemba this game. I think that he uh, is the best play. Um, I am not going to pay up uh, for Luca against a Brad Stevens uh, defensive scheme. I mean, he's, he's probably second to me to Spolstra in, and, and maybe third to, to pop, I guess, in defensive schemes to stop good players. So uh, I'm not going to go Luca, And, you know, I think KP's getting stoked up uh, this week for the game at New York. And I, I just – I don't know if he's going to be as focused in on this game. And Boston defends the four actually uh, pretty well. So uh, I'm going to pass on the Mavericks. And I am going to focus on spending up for Kemba as my only Celtic. I, I, I'm not going to knock you on the Kemba thing. Obviously, he's a guy that has tremendous upside, and we've seen him do it plenty of times in the past. Um, you know, I speak about industry pricing a lot on DraftKings specifically. I think he's underpriced at 8900. Um, you know, just based on the other options on the slate and where he's priced at, and I do think it's a fantastic uh, you know matchup. I don't know if I'm going to go there. I think a lot of the ownership is going to go there. Um, mm-hmm. I also think a lot of it's going to go to Brown and Smart. I think between those three guys, we're going to see a majority of it go. I'm only yeah. looking to play one of those guys. I'm not going to try to get over-embellished about this Hayward news and you know, stack up and try to take advantage of two or three spots in the same lineup. 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to pretty much be looking to get one of those guys. And then when I look at, you know, like I said, I mentioned, uh, you know, DraftKings, where you're forced to play a small forward, that's kind of where I look at Brown. I think he makes yeah. a little bit more sense when you need to, you know, look for a guy that's a mediocre price who still has some pretty good upside based on the situation um, that you could slot right in there at small forward. I think that's a good a good thing to do. So it's it's really going to come down to construction for me. Um, I do like Luca though. So I mean, I I'm not gonna. I, it's hard for me to fade this kid any night at this point, Coach. I don't. I don't he's know. He's been out of his mind, man. He's 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 playing like like a like a six year veteran. Yeah. Um, you know, he's in the conversation for MVP. He's looking like he's every night he has the opportunity for, you know, mid fifties to 60. It almost seems like the floor. There's been one game in the past five where he's had less than 45 and then everything yeah. else over 50 or almost 60. So three, three 70 point games in the past five, he's definitely gonna have my interest. Yes. It's a tough matchup. I generally try to avoid the wing type players against Boston, but it's it's Luca at this point. And I think we have to consider him. So he's definitely going to be in a couple of my lineups. Um, def- I'm, I don't think I'm going to fade him all year. I don't care about the matchup at this point. I just know what he can do. I don't blame you. I mean, if he could go into the garden against that team with the, with a good defensive scheme that they have and drop sixty plus fantasy points, then then I you know I, I would be surprised. I just think his ceiling is a little. Uh, tenuous in this game, but I, you know, like I said, I've watched Luca play every game this year too, and it's like nothing would surprise me at this point. The, the dude is playing out of his mind, so uh, it should be interesting. And you know, both teams. One, you know, one thing to note here too is, you know, we we look at both of these teams and think good defensive coaches, good defensive minds, but they're they're really actually a little bit below uh, average uh, in the 18 and 19 hole on defensive efficiency. So both of these teams can score and they're definitely, you know, you don't have to fade this game by any stretch. And, you know, you may want to look at, at, you know, a little uh, correlation, maybe play somebody from both sides, but I think Jalen Brown's going to get way too much ownership. That's just my gut feeling. I think that that's where all the Hayward stuff's going to go initially and I, I just I want to fade that if possible, but we'll see. Uh, let's move on to the 7:30 Eastern game, third game of the six. It is uh, Memphis Grizzlies at the San Antonio Spurs. Grizzlies re-suit up Jaw Morant and Brandon Clark after both taking a rest game, and they're playing at San Antonio against the the defensive-minded scrappy spurs uh and so this you know this this game is intriguing i think in the fact that i think it'll be a a decent game with memphis being back at full strength but going into san antonio with a very young team is always a arduous task so what do you what's your take here on Memphis, I'll ask you. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I could probably cover a whole clean sweep on this whole game in once, Coach. I'm not really interested Are in Are you Memphis. trying to confuse me? Just I think I am. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to throw you off again. Uh, no, I'm not, right. I'm not interested in anything really on Memphis. Uh, I don't, you know, good thing that, you know, the rest happened and everything. That does bode well for those two players. Just not a spot I want to target. Um, and I don't think we need to. I think we have a lot of other good games where we can get a majority of our players from. If you wanted to take a one-off on any of these guys, I'd probably look to do it on the Spurs side um, rather than the Grizzlies. They're going to be the ones that are kind of playing at an upper, uh, an up-tempo pace. Um, yeah, that's just kind of my whole take. I'm like, but then again, you're looking at the Spurs side. I'm not really interested in playing Demar, and I haven't been interested in playing Aldridge. I, we haven't been really seeing these ceiling games from either player. 
No. Uh, and it, a lot of it has to do with DeJounte Murray now being in this offense for, you know, decent role. He's not still playing, uh, you know, a boatload of minutes. Um, you know, we'd like to see a little bit more before we really want to start investing him in. But he, he does have a little upside. Not not for me, though. Not doing it on this slate. I don't think we need to target it. I like to target him and those matchups against the Hawks, the ones where they know that he's going to be up in the point guard, getting a lot of turnovers, causing some panic on the defensive end. And I don't think he's going to be necessary in this one. Yeah, it, you know, it's really weird. I'm sort of torn in this game just for the fact that, you know, people are going to see Memphis at the Spurs and their immediate reaction is pass just because of, you know, it's at San Antonio. You know, I still think people associate Memphis at times with being slower than, than they really are. But neither even the Spurs are playing faster this year. They're, you know, Memphis has been in the top five. They slipped to six right now. And San Antonio's uh, in pace. They are up to, where are they? Uh, 18, which isn't bad. You know, almost the middle of the pack. So I don't think this is just a, a, a flat-out fade game. But I'm with you, man. It's like, how the hell do you count on anybody from San Antonio? I mean, anybody. They have a massive guard rotation of about five guys. You know, you just don't know. Who's going to step up that night? You know, ever since the final straw for me was the night Patty Mills dropped 28. And I was like, all right, we, we went from Murray to White to Forbes. Now Mills is dropping 20. I mean, come on. You know, how are you supposed to figure that out? So I don't want any part of that. And like you said, there's just been a, a very, very low ceiling for DeRozan and Aldridge this year. I mean, the Spurs have managed to be five and four. They seem like just a very average, mundane team that nobody really steps it up, and they rotate a lot of guys. I don't know. I, I bet you there's only been a few times I, I've uh, rostered a spur all year. It's crazy. Uh, and even in this pace-up game against Memphis, I don't feel comfortable with it. Um, on the Memphis side, you know, I, lo- I think DeJounte Murray uh, is a tremendous defender. I think he's got the potential to be an all-defensive NBA type of defender, and that alone scares me with uh, against Jaw. Even if it's for 25, 28 minutes, uh, that means he's going to really have to work uh, for everything that he gets. Um, I'm getting closer and closer to biting on the Joval situation. I know we talk about it every night, and he keeps eking a couple of minutes here and there, and he's he's so damn good. Uh, the Spurs haven't exactly been stellar against centers and I just wish his price was a was about five hundred dollars <laughs> less. If it was, I'd be on Joe Val and feel comfortable with it. Uh but I you know we may still be you know two three games away from me making that decision. And after that, you know, I'm with you. I mean I hate to fade this game because I think it, it it's what the industry's gonna do, but I don't think it's just an automatic fade game like everybody's gonna play it. But then I say that, and I'm fading. So I guess it is what it is, man. Yeah, at the end of the day, you don't need to force it. Uh, you know, sometimes you want to take advantage of the lower ownership. But if it doesn't make sense and you can't really justify it, um, it's not worth it. Uh, at the end of the day, you can find you can differentiate yourself in a different way. There's plenty of ways on this slate. There's going to be a lot of chalky spots that you can hop off of. 
I just think that, uh, you know, even looking, like you said, at the Memphis side, the two best players that we want to talk about are Morant and Joe Val, and both those guys are on minutes limits. So it's really about picking the spots when you're talking about playing a guy on a minutes limit. You're really looking for the upside and uh, everything else kind of being baked into the matchup. And against the Spurs, it's not one I want to go to. Absolutely. Let, let's dive into this fourth game because it's the elephant in the room. It's the 8 o'clock Eastern game. Rockets, Pelicans, two of the top three teams in pace, two of the worst defensive teams. You know, every DFS person is going to drop their pants and run around the block here for this game. I, I mean, you're going to see five and six-man stacks in this game. Everybody's going to this game, and rightfully so. I mean, you know, you've got just two offensive-minded teams. You know, they're both scoring about 110 a game. Uh, and just filling it up. So, you know, it's it's crazy. I, I know we, we've got uh, uh, Lonzo missed the last game. What is his status for this game? Have you seen any updates? Um, as far as I know, he's not playing. So I'm, I'm, okay. you know, I'm going forward with the same notion that he isn't playing. So, um, you know, that's going to bode well for, you know, whoever he would be guarding, which I would assume would be Russell Westbrook. But, yeah. uh, you know, a, a lot I, – I was going to get to you first on that situation. Do you trust Westbrook? I mean, a couple of bad games in a row. I don't want to just jump to conclusions on anything. I think, you know, it could be something to note worth taking advantage of the price tag as it dives down. But um, earlier in this se- earlier in this game, uh, in the season, I'm sorry, these two matched off. Westbrook had the better game than Harden. I want to know where you right. stood first, though, Coach. I want to hear what you have to say about these two players tonight. You know, I I have played Harden more than Westbrook, but it the the price has gotten prohibitive now because you know, they were only separated by three, four, five hundred dollars. Now you know you're you're getting into some big number difference here. But there's there's certainly a lot more risk with Westbrook uh, laying a couple of eggs. I I don't take a lot of heed into that because. He's such a DFS points monster. And in an up-pace game that's open floor like this, I, I mean, he could just crush. And, you know, I've, I've defended New Orleans' backcourt all season. Like, they're going to be so good defensively. Hart's a stopper. You know, uh, Frank Jackson can come off the bench and defend. Lonzo Ball's a hell of a defender. Drew Holiday's an all-defensive defender. And their their backcourt's been getting smoked every game. It's it's like okay, uh, what's going on here? Why aren't they defending? Is it you know Gentry's uh, pace? He has a tendency to to do this his whole career. That's why I've I've always said I don't I don't care for Gentry as a coach because he his offensive scheme and and pre- uh, pressing the the accelerator you know to get shots up eight seconds into a shot clock. Uh, what it does is it, it turns around and bites the defense in the ass the other direction. And I think it's really messed with the guards defensively. I, their rotation has been awful. And so, you know, it, all that being said, do I trust Westbrook in this game? Yeah, I do. I think that – I don't think you could go wrong with Harden or Westbrook. Uh, you know, I don't think you can afford to play both realistically. I, I, I don't. Uh, because there's so much of a spread and because I think Harden's going to dominate the ownership, 
I actually favor Westbrook a little bit in this game. Yeah, coach, we're going to agree on something. I like it. Yeah, and I think that it's just a good, smart play. And, you know, maybe he ends up with 55, 58, 60 fantasy points, Westbrook. I think he very easily could. Does that mean Harden's not going to have, you know, 58, 60, 63? You know, very possibly, but there's a big salary difference there. I mean, it, you know, it, it makes the difference of being able to play a guy in another position at, at, at a mid price as opposed to a dumpster dive value guy. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I like Westbrook on that side of the ball. Um, I'm, I'll tell you the one giant fade I'm going to have here. It's, it's a PJ Tucker punch in the face, I think, for Ingram. I think Ingram is going to get the wrath of P.J. Tucker, and he's going to slow him down. And that's saying a lot because I love Ingram. I mean, I've got him on all five of my year-long leagues. I've rostered him a bunch this year. I've, I've been in his corner since he was drafted out of Duke. I think he's all-star uh, potential player, and he's starting to show that. But I just I, – I sense that Tucker steps up and smacks him in the mouth in this game, and it, it's a little bit of a uh, reality check. But – uh, as far as the other Pelicans, you know, Drew Holiday is always a great option. He had a great game the last go around, and he's the beneficiary of Lonzo being out. That usage bump goes to him. So I would love to to be able to play uh, Drew and Westbrook in this game and sit back and watch it. All right. Well, um, yeah, I'm definitely with you. Like I said on the Westbrook bandwagon over there. Yeah, you hit a nail on the head, Harden. Could easily have a good game as well. It's for me. It's the salary. Um, it's you know the the previous matchup gives me a little slight boost of confidence. I don't take that into account too much, but the salary and just knowing what his upside is capable of. And I think a lot of people when they run through the box score, they're going to see the past few games and be scared off. Um, you know, looking at any other options on there, like you said, Harden. Yes, um, I'm with you. I think PJ Tucker could give Brandon Ingram a little bit of a problem. He's a bigger body. He had one of his. You know, Ingram's had good games almost every single game this season. Yeah. One of his down games, which, you know, by any other standards is still a pretty good game, was against in this matchup. The one thing that I am taking note of, though, is that last game the Pelicans did roll out Kenrich Williams, and he played the four. So yeah. if, if they do that again, does P.J. Tucker, you know, uh, you know, move over on the defensive end? Does he still guard Ingram, or does he stay at the four and take on Kenrich? That's something I'm going to have to take into account. I don't know. He's, I mean, he's going to guard Ingram. Yeah, no he's got my mind. And, and you, they'll, they'll slide House over to Kenrich. But House is also questionable coming into the game. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's that's you know, so there's a few things that I, I kind of want to see and monitor the news wise. So Eric Gordon might slide back in then. Yeah, and I don't know exactly yeah. how they're going to do that. Uh, you know, they, they don't really have the body that they'd like to have, which would be Gerald Green at this point. That's the body that they want, the nice 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, yeah. defender that they can kind of, you know, roll out there. So they, they could be in problems if House doesn't play. And somebody, one of those two guys, and I look at Kenrich Williams' price, and it's still, uh, you know, very, very you know appetizing if you want to try yeah, to get some value. Yeah, it's a terrific game the last game, too. And he is good. He's a good point sprinter producer. He is. He, He's a good he, defender, too. He falls into a lot of rebounds which is something mm-hmm. I like about him. He's not going to go out there and drop 26 or 30 points, but before you know it, he's close to a double-double. He's got 17 points and eight rebounds with a couple assists uh, and steals chipped in. So I think he's going to be one of my main options. Um, if we yeah. hear the starting lineup and we once we know it, and if I see that Ingram has, just has an absolutely outrageous matchup where I think he could take advantage of it, like if he is being matched up against Eric Gordon, 
that's something I'll definitely will look at. But otherwise, um, you know, the only other thing we can monitor is Josh Hart. I think between Josh Hart and uh, Ken Rich is where I'm going to get most of my shares on this side of the ball, and it's going to be whatever one in the starting lineup. That's a great point. I'm so glad you brought that up, uh, you know, with, with House and then also with Kenrich because, you know, I want to see what that lineup's going to be. I just can't imagine that Tucker isn't going to guard Ingram and they're going to figure out how that's going to happen because, you know, that was so effective for them in the last game and it just it makes sense. But if for some reason, you know, they start Gordon and they're going to switch around and Tucker's going to guard Kenrich, then I scratch Kenrich off my list. If if not, then Kenrich is certainly a great value play. I mean, he played a great game. Uh, Gentry's just loving him right now because he's such a good two-way player and he hustles. And they seem to pl- the plus-minus when he's on the floor is a lot better uh, than when he's off, and he's he's a difference maker that way. So we got to follow the news on this one, guys. And you know that brings me to the point of. Uh, you got to follow this. You know, this is a two-step process. You know, we do this, the, the, uh, this podcast the night before for the next day's slate so that tomorrow on your way to work, at lunch, on a break, you're listening to the show, start building your lineup. And then tomorrow you got to listen to the news. You got to watch the feeds. You got to follow us on Twitter and see uh, that player news because that is the – as just as important as as this listening to the show and building that base lineup is, you, you know, you've got to see where those dominoes fall because that makes a tremendous difference. And this game is a perfect example of that. But on Twitter, you can follow me at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. He is at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Our man Andrew is at Language Olympic. And follow it. Follow us also on Twitter at Hoopball Fantasy, all one word, Hoopball Fantasy. Uh, and that is where all our blurbs and all our info for Miles and Andy at, at hoop-ball.com is constantly being updated. Also, just you can go directly to hoop-ball.com, click on forums, click on the DFS thread. I'm posting player news in there all day. Miles and Andy are all over it. They do a fantastic job. And, you know, also, when you're on hoop-ball.com, sign up for our, our uh, premium package there. We have the best podcast team uh, on the radio when it comes to – or podcasts or anywhere you listen to to uh, NBA information uh, that's out there. So definitely dial that up. Also, uh, mention of our sponsors here real quickly, fantasydraft.com. Uh, sign up with the hoop, uh, hoop ball promo code and get that that free week of, of DFS play. They are a presenting sponsor. They, along with Manscaped.com, MyBookie.ag, and Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, all team up to help us bring this show to you on a daily basis, which is in front of the paywall, not behind it, and you get state-of-the-art, up-to-date, Best in industry, DFS, NBA, fantasy news, seven days a week uh, for free. And so without those sponsors, we could not get it done. Listen to us every day. NBA Today podcast or DFS Today podcast or search with both NBA DFS Today podcast. We're going to come up. Click on us. 
We are on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube, everywhere podcasts are found. Take 15, 20 seconds, please. Rate, review, subscribe, five stars, likes, thumbs up. Those things make a monster difference to us and to our sponsors. So we really, really appreciate that. And we are growing day over day, show over show. And we thank you and appreciate your input. We're getting tons more reviews, lots more retweets on Twitter, and uh, all kinds of things flowing in. Let's keep it going, man. Let's keep it going. So that is it, my man. We've got two games left on this really cool six-game Monday slate. We have two late-night hammer games that both start super late, 10.30 p.m. Eastern. And it the first one is the Utah Jazz at the Golden State Warriors. Yep, and I think... Um... I think it's time to hop off the Warriors bandwagon over here with all the value that we've been playing, Coach. I mean, yeah. D'Angelo Russell being back kind of put a kibosh on Kai Bowman, and now Draymond Green is being listed as probable. So mm-hmm. we have to kind of wait and see what kind of happens with that whole Eric Pascal situation. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. This isn't a great matchup where we're going to be generally looking to target them anyway, going against the Jazz, who you know for the past several years have been known for their elite defense, having the two-time reigning Defensive Player of the Year on their team, anchoring it down doesn't you know help targeting them. So uh, I'm just going to kind of let it be. I mean, if you wanted to take a shot on anyone, I guess it could be Russell, but um, I think we have other options that I'd rather go to. You know, it, it's it's funny you, you mentioned that about, you know, the, the, the party's over because it's been a blast this last, like, five slates because you could plug in a combination of Pascal and Bowman or Poole and, and Robinson or some mix of two of those four, and you had your value, and you could just immediately buy up to some more studs. But that that is really gone. I mean – when, with Draymond and D'Angelo out there, just as you stated, you know where do the wh- who picks up the pieces after that? Is whose value is going to maintain and see through that? You know, I mean, it, it is a tough call, and I don't know if anybody has that answer. And I think that most of the industry is going to do what you and I are doing, and we're just going to fade that and see what where the dust settles now that the two uh, good players are back in full force, you know, playing uh, strong minutes for Golden State. So, you know, that in combination with going against the Jazz, I mean, the Jazz, you know, always fantastic defensively. You know, they're 27th in pace in the league. They are second in the league in defensive efficiency. I mean, you know, playing guys uh, against the Jazz is somewhat uh, suicidal, if you will, so I'm, you know, I'm not going to do it, especially with the news of, of Draymond back and D'Angelo uh, lacing him up uh, full tilt. So uh, that's that's a pass. Now I do like some Utah guys here. Uh, I'm going to try to fill my team out because uh, I'll just tell you right now I'm passing that last game Raptors Clippers. I'll let you get to that one, but it allows me to have. A couple of guys from Utah. If you've followed quietly, Bogdanovich has been kicking ass and taking names. I love him in this matchup. He's he's a tremendous shooter. You know, he's a a 50-40-90 candidate that people never talk about. I like him in this matchup. I also think Donovan Mitchell, although his price is a little higher than I'd like, 
and I got to see how my salary is going to you know, fit. But Golden State's defensively, yes, they'll take a big jump up with Draymond back. No doubt about it. But that, they're still 30th. They're still dead last in defensive efficiency in this league. So, you know, that is definitely something to be concerned about. Uh, they're in the mid-teens in pace. So, you know, Utah's going to get decent amount of possessions. They're always going to slow it down. But I'm, I'm go- I want to roster, uh, roster Bogdanovich for sure. I really like this matchup for him. And if I can fit Mitchell in or pivot uh, from somebody close to his price, I'd love to have two Jazz in this game because, you know, I'm not anticipating with Draymond and uh, D'Angelo back in there and the game being at Golden State that it's going to blow out. So, I, you know, being the fact that Golden State's been just such a, you know, terrible defensive unit, they were terrible even before Draymond went out, to be honest with you. But, you know, I, I think – you you got to try to dial up two jazz guys and then roll with it from there. And I'm going to transition right into this last game so that you can roll with it. Uh, The Raptors are playing the Lakers right now. I have no idea what's going on in that game, but I know the Raptors went into that game, even though they're six and two with just the devastating news of losing Lowry to a broken thumb and a Baca to a pretty serious leg injury uh, and being super shorthanded and being on a road trip playing back-to-back, being shorthanded, and then the Clippers, you know, fresh, great defensive continuity, you know, beating people up. This game just scares me from a DFS standpoint. I'm going to pass. So if you have any final uh, comments on Utah Golden State, if not, just go ahead and take the Toronto Clippers I'll just start with the Clippers because, yeah, I think you pretty much covered everything over on Utah, and I pretty much agree with the same things as you. Um, But I do not agree with you as far as this game because I do think that we're going to have to take advantage of some of this Toronto value. Um, I'm not necessarily going to be jumping on board of Van Vliet in this matchup. I was all over him tonight. I I haven't checked the scores. I don't really know how he's doing. But uh, the two other players that are all over, I'm going to be on instead, and that was Norman Powell, who started tonight and and going to probably continue starting. He was actually lobbying to be the starting shooting guard at the beginning of the season before they named it to Van Vliet. So mm-hmm. um, I fully anticipate him to be still pretty, uh, you know, he'll probably be pretty high owned just due to the, you know, the opportunity that he's going to have. But I think he's low enough salary where we could take a good look at him. And then there's Chris Butcher. So he's a guy that, um, you know, I'm expecting to see some Bobby fair Boucher. Run. Yeah. Bobby. <laughs> 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 mama. mama. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, this guy's a, like a phenomenal, uh, points per minute guy. He's kind of like another, one of those Christian wood guys who just goes yeah. down into the G league and absolutely smashes things up until all of a sudden like, all right, we're going to have to call him up because he's playing so well, but they realistically never really play him. But the Ibaka injury creeps open a little door for him to sneak in there and get 18 to 20 minutes a night. Um, and even more potentially, if we're looking at, you know, the back-to-back, Garcal being a veteran, maybe he plays a lot tonight. They want to rest him a little bit. Maybe the game gets out of hand. There's a lot of avenues for him to see an extra run. And if you give this guy just 18 to 20 minutes, he can easily, yeah. you know, produce the value that you're going to want in return. That's a great call. Uh, tonight he's got 12 minutes at halftime, so he's played half the game. So he's on pace for 24 minutes, and old Bobby Boucher, actually it's Chris Boucher, but he's, uh, you know, a great value play. He's going to fill the role basically of exactly what Gasol was doing, I think, Uh, not at the same level, but, 
you know, he's going to get that 25 to 28 minutes, possibly a lot of, uh, you know, activity at the four five with Gasol uh, and Siakam and that rotation. So I think that's a great call, man. You bring up a good point and he's, he's a good value guy. If you have to dig in and grab it now, Van Fleet is a stud. You're right. Van Vliet is, I mean, he proved that in the, in the finals. I mean, the dude to me was uh, definitely finished second to Kawhi in MVP. I mean, he was awesome. And, and since then, it's just no, no looking back. And, you know, I guess Van Vliet in, in the real scheme of things should almost be a plug and play at this point. And I'll tell you why, because Lowry's usage they were number one and number two in the league in minutes. I, I threw that quiz at you like two, three days ago. And now that that Lowry's out, man, I can't imagine Van Vliet even more is going to fall on his shoulders. And he played 20 minutes in the first half tonight It's in the Lakers game, and it has 13 points, five rebounds, five assists, and two steals already. So, I, you know, I don't blame anybody for just hit mashing the Van Vliet uh, automatic button. But here's my concern tomorrow. It's against the stinking Clippers. And they, you know, they he's probably going to grab Pat Beverly defense. Beverly's going to be all up in his grill and jersey and everything else, bugging him and pushing on him. He's playing a back-to-back. And it's just like, you know, can they even stick with the Clippers? I don't know. But – I get what you're saying. I'm so glad you brought that up, though, because, uh, you know, you got to really look at both of those guys and and consider them. And cost-wise, we're going to see Van Fleet just start skyrocketing in cost, too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, another thing I, I'm pretty pumped up to see is these are this is going to be a matchup between two undrafted point guards, so... Um, wow. it'd, it'd be cool to see like a little jersey swap at the end of the game where they kind of take a photo with each other and, you know... Uh, this is two guys that neither one of them were expected or thought of to make it in the NBA. And now, look, they're both leading their prospective teams. You know, one to a championship last year. The Clippers look like well, they're one of the favorites this year. And it's pretty cool. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely cool. looking forward to that little matchup between those two. Do you remember when Van Vliet was at Wichita State on that awesome Wichita State team that went to the Final Four? Was that the one with the crazy bench mob? Uh, they were, did, wasn't did it wasn't uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I believe Wichita, uh, Wichita State had like one of the you know I would turn on ESPN in the morning and it was almost a headline every time they had a game and it wasn't even about their basketball program it was about what their bench was doing to celebrate yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, they they did the cross legs, you know, <laughs> they all went one way, they all went the other, they did all yes, that was part of that team. You know who else was on that team? Uh, the guy, the, the kid that played for the Knicks, lefty, white kid, he ended up – he played quite a bit, but he's out of the league this year. Uh, hmm. What is his name? That is going to drive me nuts. I bet you our listeners are yelling it at at the uh, at their phones and, and laptops right now. What is that kid's name? Lefty. <laughs> Old age, coach. Old age. It gets you sometimes. White kid played for the Knicks. Mm, Okay. It'll come to me eventually. (laughs) Um, But, yes. So, anyway, on that, yeah, you know, Boucher's got to be an option at the cheap price. And Van Fleet, you always have to consider with Lowry out now for quite some time. But 
Um, what about on the Clippers side? Who did you say there? Oh, so the Clippers, you, you cut me off. You rude. No, I'm just joking. Uh, what else? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm mostly just looking at Kawhi. I mean, yeah, everyone's going to you know gravitate towards the narrative and playing his former team against the Raptors, all this. But they left on good terms. This game's going to be played in L.A. So a lot of the narrative, narrative juice is kind of taken out of it for me. So I'm not going to go overboard. Um, on Kawhi, I think maybe a share here and there wouldn't be a bad thing. He is the third highest priced player on fantasy draft. So that's kind of my approach is just kind of taking the pivot off of him and going down or up to a different spot. Um, and I'm not really interested in, you know, very much more against your Patrick Beverly's or, you know, some of these other wing guys that we see, the backup unit between Harrell and Lou Williams. I think, you know, I'd... I could see that stack if you wanted to stack, you know, the starters and the Raptors and the bench units from the Clippers. Go for it. I, I, that's one thing I can agree with. But I'm not just going to be playing those guys as one-offs. Yeah, I don't blame you. And, you know, it's funny. You know, anybody else in the league is like uh, got emotions and feelings. But I don't think if Kawhi was playing against his mother and his aunt and his uh, cousins – he would show any emotion. I mean, I don't even think it's going to phase him playing against Toronto, to be honest with you. I no. mean, it's he's just such a, like, blase to life in general that nothing seems to bother him. So, um, you know, God only knows, man. Uh, I am, I'm looking this up right now as we speak. It was 2012, is that right, where they were in the final four, Wichita State, Let's look this up and see. Um, I am bound and determined to find out this information. <laughs> go, 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 we might be able to tell you guys next show. Uh, you know, I don't. The coach in his old age sometimes he goes on these little you know journeys where he needs to find out the information. Otherwise, he can't continue with his night. It's like that itchy ass scratch. It's so kind of thing. important to me, man. I mean, <laughs> this this is like, and and it's I'm I'm down one of those rabbit holes i actually accidentally clicked on like wikipedia wichita state and i clicked on something else and now i'm now i'm getting like their uniform design i i'm i'm totally off the rails here i don't know what i'm doing but i'm what year would it have been not, not 2000 2012 seems way too old yeah that's, no, that's seven ago, that's seven man. years ago at this point so i would probably guess like 15 um let's see here that, that would be my guess somewhere around there but uh who knows my math could be off a little bit probably is at this point but we still also have to figure out our chicken soup bet coach so I, I wouldn't be spending too much time over there we're running out of time we went through all these games we didn't come up with a challenge yet so uh i think we need to nail one and i found him ron oh. baker oh baker okay Ron Baker was on that team, and Cleanthony Early was the other guy I was trying to think of. He had a cup of coffee in the NBA, and Fred Van Vliet. They were all on that squad together. They made it to the Final Four. See, you never say die, man. It's just a matter of digging. <laughs> what year was that? Um, 2016 draft, so it was that. 15? Right yeah. 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 And it says here that uh, he entered the draft in 2016. But are you saying he was not drafted? I believe he was undrafted. Yeah, Fred Van Fleet was, an un, uh, was undrafted. And professional bat. Yeah, it does not look like he's only six foot. Uh, and But that was a good team he was on, man. That, that team made a great deep run into the uh, 
playoffs. Old Ron Baker, he was he's not a bad ball player either. I bet he's playing over in Europe. We'll have to dig on that. And that's another quiz question. Somebody tweet me that, would you? Out there, let me know where Ron Baker is. I know there's somebody out there. That's a, <laughs> some some big Ron Baker, yeah. No doubt. All right, excellent. So Clippers, you know, for me, I I don't want to spend up on on Kawhi. I, you know, again, I've got that that fear of uh, possible blowout in this game, and I know you're not supposed to predict blowout. Somebody was jumping my bones on Twitter tonight saying. Coach, why did you predict a blowout? Well, you know what? He did that at halftime, and it was they, his. It was a five-point game, and then they ended up getting blown out. So I didn't see a follow-up tweet from that tweet, by the way. <laughs> so that was uh, the, the an earlier game tonight. But anyway, so that's it. Uh, any anything else uh, on that final game that you have? No, that's it. Um, just I think that's my most of my love's going to be coming from the Raptors side of the ball, and that's going to be in form of value. Um, definitely going to be all over uh, Boucher again. So, uh, but is it Boucher? Boucher? Boucher. Boucher. It is Boucher, just like. Uh, oh, it's Bobby really Boucher. like. I didn't know if you were just messing with me. Yeah, so no, I'm gonna be it all over. really is. That's why they they call him Bobby. <laughs> I'm going to be. I'm going to be all over Mr. Boucher then. Yeah, uh, I don't want you texting me going. Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> I won't, as long as you got him in a couple of your lineups. Well, I'll. You know what? I'll give you. I'll give you Bobby Boucher. Give me somebody else to go against him for chicken soup. Right. I have no problem. We're, we'll shut the Clippers. Will shut him down like a bad habit. Well, I don't want to. I want. I don't want to keep every listener on the hook. You know, waiting after we just had to spend. You know, we spent a couple minutes doing a little research and a little fun game. So why don't you? Uh, oh, they what, they love it, man. Tweet, why, well, hey, I was going to give you a night to think about it. I'll take him. Still. I don't need any night. I'm coming off a zero for God's sakes. <laughs> I can't do worse than a zero. Um, how about uh, off the bench, big man Brandon Clark? That's fair. I'll do that. I mean, they're both similar minutes, probably. Yeah, that's that's fair. I'll, t- I'll do that. I'll take that. And one. I just took a damn goose for Clark. He owes me. So. <laughs> I, I hope it's like uh, I don't ever like to hope for an injury, but I, I hope for the chicken soup challenge, Beth, that there's some undisclosed injury and he gets another goose egg for you. But If he, if he takes another goose, I'm catching the next plane to Memphis. I'm going to go slap him in the face. We'll see where that where that actually they're in San Antonio. I can just jump on the interstate here and be down there in four hours. There you go. Do it in person. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Tweet that. Give them a heads up that you're coming. Yeah, I'll have to jump up to to reach that high to slap them, but I can (laughs) I I may be able to strap my knee up and and jump high enough to get them. Yeah, <laughs> with old age, the knees, the back, the memory—you'd forget. Man. You'd forget what you were driving halfway on the on the car ride over. Our poor listeners. This is probably the worst I've gotten off the rails in, on the show. In a yeah, while. let's 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 end this, coach. Ron Baker a, slapping guys in the face. I don't know where I'm going, dude. I I'm 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 it's reeling. a mess. It's a mess. I'm reeling. <laughs> It's the good. It's the chicken suit challenge shutout. I, it's got me in a quandary because I forgot about it, which made it worse. Because then you punch me right in the nose live on the show, and I had to suck up a zero there. So, oh, absolutely, it's your fault, man. Thanks I, a lot, Mike. I didn't say a thing about it. I didn't text coach. I didn't mention it. We're no, in, we're probably in the about. And sp- Punch me right in the absolutely, top. absolutely. I, that's the best way to do it. I wanted you to just you know forget about it for a minute, but now you got to go to bed. You get to think about it. You dream about it a little bit. Stew on it during the day tomorrow, and just 
you know, kind of wait, get all excited for this next night of cards where you can hope that Brandon Clark, uh, you know, wins you a chicken soup. But at the end of the day, when you lose another one in the road, they're going to start to pile up and sting, Coach. So after yeah. a few of these, you're going to need a break, I have a feeling. I'll be back in the lead. Mr. Clark will step in and, and take care of business, especially since he owes me one. So my quick wrap-up for tomorrow is Fade Drummond for the first time this year, which is so painful for me to say. Dial up Kemba. I love him tomorrow. Uh, favor Westy over uh, Harden just because of the, the price dif- difference there and the, and the upside ceiling for Westbrook. Mike and I both agree on that one. I like uh, a couple of jazz against a, a depleted Warriors defensive unit. And that's really my summation of the card. And, uh, you know, just a lot of Wichita State pride on this show tonight. That's all. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be your new thing, Coach. So, so the running tail. Somebody, if you have any, like, Wichita State gear, maybe with the school there, you know, somebody that sent it to Coach. Um, the shock. If, if, if anybody has, like, a shirt that, you know, that we could send Coach for Wichita State, we'll give you guys, like, a hoop ball or a fantasy draft one back in return. We'll do a nice little even I will swap. post if you send me something Wichita State, I will make it my my uh, symbol on my DFS games with me wearing that shirt or hat or whatever Wichita State <laughs> year it is. I'll, I'll post it up there for a week instead of my my poor old Roto Raider one, which is hot though. I've been I had a big night last night, uh, you know, with that three hundred. What did I tell you? I had three hundred and sixty point nine last night. Yeah, How's yeah. that for a, a, a monster number? You crushed it, man. I mean, you. I I did pretty well on DraftKings too. So I had a lot of my lineups. I think the I can't even remember now. The lowest score I had was like an obvious play um, that ended up getting you know like thirty eight or forty points. I think it was Ingram. So yeah. um, I think that was the worst guy I had in my lineups. Everybody else is absolutely crushed. So I was very happy with the results as well. How, how mind-bogglingly it is trying to think about our results from the group of games yesterday while we're watching the group of games get today live that we forecasted, and we just finished forecasting the ones for tomorrow. How the hell are you supposed to keep all that straight for an old guy? I, I, listen, I'm 28 years old, and it's tough, man. I, I wake up in the morning <laughs> not knowing what day it is. I'm sending in shows dated for the next day to get edited and it's a crazy thing going on over here. I thank everybody over at Hoopball, including Dan Bespris, you know, the man behind the curtain, who kind of keeps us all, uh, you know, functioning. Uh, the you know yes. the, the 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 key cog in this kind of thing next to Bruce. So um, and also definitely, I want to give a shout out to Panda Mike Pasador over there. He's actually our editor in chief over at Hoopball. You know, Amazing I have guy. never talked to Mike. Uh, I have heard such great things about him. Great guy. I have got to dial him up. Absolute great guy. Anything you ever have to wonder about the Raptors, he is the go-to guy. Um, absolute Beautiful. genius. When he knows that's his team, he knows his team inside and out. Um, and I know whenever I have any questions, I text him on the side or I email him on the side. I said, you know, what are you thinking about this pass? Panda, I need some help. You know, whatever it may be. And, that's uh, awesome, and he's man. always willing to lend a hand. He's also made me a better writer over the years. So I just want to give him a shout out. He's another guy that doesn't get as much love and credit because he's on the writing aspect of it behind the yeah. scenes. So uh, I wanted to give him his due credit. He definitely deserves it. Fantastic, man. Well, I, I look forward to getting to know him as well. Well, beautiful. Looks like we got a, a, a another show under our belts here, another pod, and hopefully uh, Brandon Clark has enough juice on the bone to get me across the wire for uh, a chicken suit challenge victory and uh, just a, a, a quiet little side shot for a pottery of this. 
there. I love it. And uh, yeah, yeah. And then uh, tomorrow I will definitely tweet out when the coaches challenge is. It it was two spots away from selling out this past week, uh, and it was very very hotly contested. It's always going to be two dollars six entry max. So you know you won't get confused going forward, Mike. I don't want any more of these excuses. You you. You've dried up three weeks of excuses finishing in the 30s and 40s. I think I finished higher I'm than you the last up. two weeks. No, you're <laughs> yes. you're you're smoking some of that stuff again, man. I know. Uh, it. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, this week, this week I'll be the one. I'll write this one down this week since I didn't. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I could just easily go back in the recent history and check those out, but I won't even bother. Well, uh, I'll tell you, you know. what I'm going to do this week. This this is I'm going to post your lineup and my lineup on Twitter before they tip off. And let's, let's let our loving followers out there follow it blow by blow as I smash you on the coach's <laughs> challenge, man. This I'm pumped for this week. I'm starting to do my homework right now. You need it, man. Let's see. I mean, if you're talking all this game, I'm hoping you bring it. So let's see. I'm it. ready. Now I'm, now I'm mad. I'm ready to go. <laughs> all right, dude. Uh, I'm, let's wrap it up. Uh, it is thank you so much for joining us on another crazy sort of wacky wild hoop ball NBA DFS tonight. Uh, for my man Mike Patria and our for our buddy Andrew Hansen, I am Coach. We will catch you again tomorrow. I'll be solo tomorrow as we look to crush it again on NBA DFS. We went off the rails tonight, Coach. So good night, guys. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.